Welcome back, all you weirdos, Krakoans, and all you most important people in the entire world out there. We are here yet again to deliver you your weekly Weird Dose of X. My name is Jason, and back with me is my good friend, Chris. Chris, how are you today? I come to you today feeling humbled, finding Ooh. out that I'm not the most important person in the world. But we, we all are, important. Chris. All oh of my us. my goodness. What a, what a like slap a, in the face. It's like a Mr. Rogers song in here all of a sudden. It is. You got to join hands, sit around the campfire, and, and let it go. Yeah, so I am recording today from down in sunny Florida, my parents' house, so I think I probably sound a little more echoey than usual, but uh, yeah. maybe that just gives me a little bit of, little bit of gravitas, a little, little voice of the celestial coming directly from you. Coming so, to us from the beyond. <laughs> I'm, those, I'm those red narration boxes from the future. Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, we have only just the one book to discuss today, but it is maybe I think I'm uh, justified in calling it a doozy. It's uh, Acts Judgment Judgment Day number two. We said last week that it, it seemed like maybe the first act of our story was complete, and we thought something different was coming up. And yeah, I, I think we can say we were correct. I think so. <clears throat> Definitely the next step in our story, and uh, we're going to get some reveals. We're going to get. Uh, we're actually going to get to name our hex, which uh, I hope we never have to say. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I wrote them down, but they are they are tough. They are mm-hmm. Memotor, Mimotor, I don't know. Yeah, this is like Love, Lovecraftian, like, uh, like industrial Lovecraftian here. Very, very strange. Which, I mean, that is the Eternals kind of summed up, industrial Lovecraftian. I, that's true. I think that's kind of their, that is true. their shtick. So game. we have our... Our cast of characters. And again, I think Kieran Gillen's doing a good job at kind of boiling down the essentials because we could have way, way too many characters here. Well, we've got four Avengers. We've got seven X-Men, three Eternals, six Hex, which, okay, that makes sense. And we also have a set of six civilians, which are just regular old schmucks from around the world, it seems. And we've seen these before because there was an ad for this event going back a couple months ago where we saw what's this very first page the of the issue. We saw, yeah, yeah, the first page, you know, a little bit cropped, a little bit without the uh, the words and things. But yeah, we've seen these characters, we've seen their locations, and we've seen their names. And we were told, you are all important. Mm-hmm. And it says, this August, meet the most important people in the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. which and I we- suppose... Either are these people or these people are emblematic of that. Sure. Not entirely clear yet. And we've seen one of, we saw one of these characters uh, in the first issue, right? We saw, I think it was Jada. Yes, it was. As as one of the the boycotters of the mutants, the the sign wielders in front of. Yeah, at that uh, that little protest in New York City. Yeah. And even uh, Jean Grey did a little bit of an emotional surface mind read from her and found, found out that her daughter had died recently. Yes. And she's real upset about, well, why don't you bring back. us back yeah. when we die? Which is reasonable. And I think we have some interesting reactions here because these are pretty realistic people as far as how we all react to some giant, horrible thing in the news, right? Sure. You hear you know, some other continent away, something dreadful happened, there's a crash, there's a war, there's a whatever. And most of us take it kind of as entertainment, right? Well, yeah, as long as it doesn't affect us directly, it is just kind of a thing that happens. It's a thing that we can follow along with and um, it's something we can also have hot takes about. 
Which yeah, it's a, a thing to to take sides on, right? We somehow we decide, okay, how can I take this event and fit it into my group is good and your group is bad? Pretty much, my team which, is the good one. Yeah. Yep. So we see, so some of them are you know rooting for the Eternals, take those mutants down a notch. Mm-hmm. Some of them are kind of well, those mutants aren't hurting anybody. Maybe we should leave them alone. Some and the world to burn. <laughs> Just yeah. want to watch it all go down. And uh, Arjun here in Mumbai, who, you know, let's get to know him quickly because we're not going to see him around all that long, <laughs> I think. But yeah, he doesn't seem to really care one way or the other. He thinks, yeah, this stuff comes, this stuff goes. I live here in the Merry Marvel Universe. And, you know, this week it's a giant uh, killer beast from the ocean. Next week it'll be probably another invasion from space. Who knows? True. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that it's hard to find uh, it, it's hard to disconnect from the fact that this is happening in the marvel universe where alien attacks are every hour on the hour and have been for yeah. a half century and our our june tells says it out loud for us what we're all thinking yeah this this happens all the time the heroes will save us they always do you know what's next yeah, we do have a fellow yeah, in london here who's wearing a mm-hmm. bruto shirt who uh bruto is a character from the uh just before the Silver Age kicked off, just before the Marvel Ooh. Age, Fantastic Four number one age kicked off here, it was a character that appeared in one of the anthology books, maybe Strange Tales or Journey into Mystery huh. or something. Okay. And uh, Bruto was a character that was in a comic book that inspired a guy to become Bruto. Like a, a guy read the comic, saw Bruto, and wanted to become Bruto. Wow. So I don't know if that'll mean anything or if it's just a nice little, you know, side get. I'm sure it's just a little nod. It's, I, yeah, it's I like it. It, it, it looks kind of like Slimer on the t-shirt. Yeah. Or maybe, uh, is it Dupe? That kind of sidekick character from X Factor? <laughs> I like Dupe. It, it's it's a little yeah. I don't know if there's like a, a, some sort of a golem, just like the head of this golem, but, uh, yeah, it looks, it looks like Slimer or Dupe for sure. Well, I kind of like this page in that a lot of people, including me sometimes, argue about all, oh, all these, dumb politics in comic books and, and often they are dumb because mm-hmm. often it's just the writer having one character turn towards camera and say my side is good and your side is bad we're here right here we're seeing this is a this is actually adding texture and maybe realism isn't the right word but you know verisimilitude to take out a, a Rel- big english class words yeah relativeness if that's relativity Rel- relativity how the, how the frick can we say that word um but it does add a lot of uh, texture here, and I want to thank whoever's uh, responsible for this just being relegated to being a part of this story and not being its own miniseries inside the miniseries, like we've gotten with all the Civil Wars and the Secret Invasion. Mm-hmm. We didn't need a Judgment Day Frontline eight-issue miniseries. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> usually where these kind of things play out. Judgment like, Day you- War Journal. Something like that, where it would just be like, here's the man on the street take on it. And it's like, we, we don't need that for every single right. story. Especially it, it would, of course, stories. it would be that, that one reporter from the bugle. What's his name? Always ben up on those ben things. Yurik. Ben Yurik. Ben Yurik. Yeah. Ben Yurik, because he's the only one around. He, he's already played his part in this uh, drama. Has, we even see, has. uh, Katrina here in Vancouver. I saw Katrina fires out a supportive tweet. And I thought, uh oh, <laughs> we're getting a Twitter mention. In a comic book, that's never a great sign. But again, she's she's not shown to be uh, an angel. She's not shown to be a dope. She's kind of shown as well. This is one one way that people react to things is they you know show their support on Twitter. They put a flag in their little bio. They yeah. put in the right I icon. The current thing. Yeah. Yes. 
But they do get a mention here that, you know, the bigots will eventually come for her tweet, <laughs> which I guess they I guess they always do. It could. But again, that's coming from her point of view, which is something someone in her position would think. So I'm so far, at least I'm going to give Kieran Gillen, you know, a thumbs up for how he's framing this. It could, of course, all come crashing down into my side good, your side bad. But so far, so far it's so being good. subtle and light handed. And, and I kind of like it. And this was a really weird ad when it came out the first time. So it's it's interesting to see, start to see how it's playing out. Yeah, for sure. So that's we're going to see them one more time in this issue. But the rest of this issue is divided into really two main strands. Mm-hmm. We have, on the one hand, the Hex battle at Krakoa. Yep. And that goes on back and forth. And that's alternates with scenes about, hey, Let's make this. Well, let's make a god. You know, this old god with with Bob Vila, <laughs> sponsored by Craftsman Avengers Tools. It's not far off from that, but we start off here at uh, Krakoa, and we saw over in must have been Immortal, right? Where that's where the Hex were showing up. Yeah, they were going to fight, and the big three fighting against these Hex were going to be Exodus and Emma and. And, uh, and who was the other one? Hope. Was Hope the sword? Who the hell was the sword? I think Hope was the sword, but now we're, we're shown, it looks a little different here. We still have Exodus. Yeah. We don't see Emma. I, I think, again, this is Kieran Gillen trying to pare down the characters a little bit. And we're told that Hope is off safely somewhere, kept uh, kept away the from the heat of the battle. Yeah, because of her import right. to the resurrections. Yeah. And yet, yeah, so I think there's overall the... <clears throat> The art here I enjoy, but there's this chronic problem with how do you illustrate a fight between people who are basically human-sized sure. and opponents who are Empire State Building-sized, yeah. right? You, how do you put them in the same panel? How do you make just the dynamics of the fight work? And uh, sure. do they do they solve it here? Who is who is our uh, our artist here? It is Valerio Shidi, mm-hmm. and he he does what he can, but I think that's just a problem that's just not all that solvable. At least yeah, no one's I mean, figured out how to do it yet. And I mean, they, yeah, they've been they've been struggling with this since the Silver Age, where like you'd have Captain America holding his shield over his head, trying to like stub Galactus's toe with it. Yeah, exactly. Know? How how, how big is is Galactus? Is Galactus like a two story building? Is it like a mountain? <laughs> is it like a planet? <laughs> it could be any. So I have no. So the same kind of problem happens here, but they are they are very very, very otherworldly, very strange looking. So it it feels big. It feels like Krakow really is under threat here. Oh, huge, huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we don't want to give away the ending just yet, but it does look very, very dire about two-thirds of the way through this issue. It it gets to the point where I was actually thinking, uh-oh, this era <laughs> might actually be coming to an end. And I, I sort of <laughs> threw some confetti in the air and, uh, well. We'll no, no. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a couple thing, couple current continuity errors are up in the air here, right? Because things are changing for the Avengers too. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the Avengers, when we turn the page, they show up as the cavalry to kind of help out their sometimes good buddies here on Krakoa. So we see Absolutely. Cap and Namor and Thor and you know all the all the current day Avengers, including Phoenix, who you know she's kind of straddling the line between Avengers and X Men kind of anyway. But yeah, they show up to kind of help out. Sure. And yeah, it's interesting because like, get out. <laughs> right. He's he does not want their help. He right. Like he finds not, this uh, he he feels like they're like not divine, you know. This is a fight for those who have been like what what does he say here? Touched by the grace of God. And he sees the Avengers as not being that, being lesser than. 
which uh, mm-hmm. I really appreciate Exodus's hubris here when <laughs> they're literally like on their knees here about to be slaughtered. And he still is like, no, no, we don't yeah, want We'd rather hand. die than help from those schmucks. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he seems to be the only one in Krakoa with that opinion because he Magic is. and everybody else says, yeah, okay, they're going to yeah, punch these guys in the nose, really. bring them on. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is pretty good. She says, if you want to assemble the quiet council, have a vote. Yeah, you go and do that, Exodus. Until then, <laughs> fine. And we even get a nice little uh, predator handshake between Cap and uh, Cyclops, Cyclops there. So they're, they're good buddies the, here. Yeah, I would have preferred the Mega Powers handshake, the Randy Savage Hulk Hogan one, but we, we didn't. <laughs> oh, don't have that much page space for that. No. But a little predator handshake is good. So now we cut right. over to our other strand of the story where they're at Avengers Mountain. Inside the corpse of a dead celestial god, where our, where our group here is working to do the reanimation thing. Yeah. And apparently this is going to happen pretty quick. So they have Sinister there, and Ajak, and Makari, and uh, Tony Stark are the ones currently on the case. And I'm shocked that they're actually getting to this so quickly. Like, uh, when we started this, I thought this was going to be kind of dragged out and be dropped in as like the midpoint sort of uh, like shift in the story, but... We're moving pretty quick here. Uh, this is going to all happen this very issue, which is good. It's good to get it moving. Yeah, we get uh, a check-in with Mr. Sinister, who, you know, Ajax considers him a penitent who has transgressed against the Celestials and stolen knowledge from the gods. Now, that happened back in, uh, you can correct me when I get this wrong, uh, Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, which was the beginning of the Kieran Gillen run. Post-schism, this is the extinction team where uh, Cyclops was uh, was kind of operating uh, independently of uh, Wolverine and the like. The, it was called the Jean Grey School at the time. It was a, okay. a philosophical schism. So. so, yeah, he went and messed with the uh, the Dreaming Celestial who was just kind of standing around in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And that's where he got whatever knowledge he has about these Celestials. And what makes him useful here was the awful things he did back then. Yes. Absolutely. So he's waiting just to be uh, made of use. Uh, we shift back to Krakoa for more fighting here. And we get a uh, conversation, an interesting conversation between Cyclops and Captain America where it's weird. Uh, Cyclops, he like they, they want to work together. They want to be on the same page here. Cyclops seems to appreciate Captain America and the Avengers showing up to help, but there's still a little bit of uneasiness between them here. Um, Cap tell, I mean, Cyclops tells Cap, Hey, you guys help us out on the front line here. We'll handle protecting the resurrection deal here. Arbor Magna will be protected by us. And Captain America kind of takes offense to that. He's like, Hey, how come you never told us about this? To which Cyclops. Yeah, not only that, but you're, you're still keeping the secrets. You know, we already know this resurrection. So, but what's the deal? Everything about it. And Cyclops is like, Hey, you know, how could we trust you guys with that? How could we, we're not, we're not, fr- we're, we're pals, but we're not friends, you know, we're, we're not, uh, yeah, we're co- colleagues in a way. It's like you, you tried having us all arrested just a little while ago and then you <laughs> set shield on us and then you sick the, the inhumans on us. And-, mm-hmm. and, and this conversation really reminds me of what happened in Trial of Magneto when mm-hmm. the Avengers showed up on Krakoa to investigate, hey, Scarlet Witch, Witch died here. We got to check that out. And how the X-Men kind of very carefully guided them around the island and put up illusions. Yeah. And yeah, it was like you you hear about people who get to visit North Korea and you're only shown yeah. certain things. You you can't leave your handlers. No, no, no. And even then in, the, in Trial of Magneto, Captain America's like, uh, they're, they're watching the trial of the Toad happen. And uh, they're like, 
this seems like a little bit barbaric. This seems weird. And Captain America's like, no, no, no. These are the mutants. This is their way. We don't question their way. We don't impose our beliefs on them. Yeah, even though this culture was created somewhere between three days and three months ago, <laughs> yes. we're still not going not not to question them. Absolutely. But the battle rages on here. And I mentioned this last time that it, it feels like the angels from Neon Genesis Evangelion, and it really, really does. These hex beasts look very much like the angels that would attack, uh, was it Tokyo 3 or New Tokyo? Whatever. Was. I have, that's on my watch list. I haven't seen it yet, so I'll have to defer to your knowledge there. Gotta check it out. It's some good stuff. Very interesting questions are raised, and, uh, they are very, um, evocative of these characters here. I, I don't want to say that it's a, a one-to-one, but it's, it does evoke the memory of them. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, we see, we see one of the kind of celestial, not celestial, celestial, I shouldn't use that word in this uh, series, but one of those psychic uh, projections down below. And we also see your, your basic flying characters, your Storm, your Thor, your Banshee, who looks much better after last time I saw him, he was just a skin suit. So he's, he's feeling much better. He's not. That, that could be someone inside Banshee's skin. Oh, don't even say that. <laughs> but yeah, so the battle seems to be kind of back and forth here. Sure. And it, it gets confusing because on the next page, I thought they had this one down the ocean. Well, I guess it is under sea, right? Because we see Namor there. Mm-hmm. I think this is taking place on the floor of the ocean. I thought they'd take it out here, but it seems not because it comes back a page or two later. Just but they do say... They do say we've done serious damage to the mantle. And I'm not exactly sure do they mean the mantle of the creature or the mantle of the earth? Because if it's the mantle of the earth you damaged, it's it's kind of all over. I mean, the crust is already, I don't know how many hundreds of miles thick. So if you've gone already down to the mantle, things are in bad, bad shape. And I mean, honestly, there are bad things happening. Earthquakes happening, vents, tidal waves. So the watcher, though, who can squish it all back together. Right, so that's, that's over. In fa- he's busy in Fantastic wow. Four. He's not. He's, he, he needs his uh, union mandated break now. He's, he can't come back to this event. He can't squish another planet, damn it. So the Avengers say, "Oh, we kind of got a bug out, and we're going to take care of all those things going on, probably in a tie-in issue somewhere, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least one." Where? And so Scott says, "Okay, fine. You go do that. We'll worry about here." And of course, Exodus takes this as an opportunity to say, "Hey." Look at those guys abandoning us, which, you know, he has it both ways, which, again, reminds me a, a little bit of certain political issues that float around that, again, are going to remain unnamed. But we've all seen people act like that, arguing both ways, whatever, whatever is good for their side. And, and Kurt says that's unfair, but somehow Destiny jumps in and supports Exodus saying, yeah, that's that's basically true. I don't think he she's talking about this specific case, but big picture, because, you know, Destiny is all about the big picture. Yeah. Uh, in the future, they're going to stand on their own. Yeah, a very general and, statement. Yeah, that they all it always they always lose and they always wind up uh, standing by themselves when they do. And we get some little that uh, red machine like narration saying elsewhere others strive to make me stand. So we are getting very specific here because we had speculated last time on who yeah. this narration box was coming from. Yeah, it, it it is coming from that future god. And we turn the page, we get a montage of all the things being done by our God-building team to try to make this happen. So we get Tony and I think that's Ajax flying off to London. 
to pick up the thumbprint of justice, the thumbprint of Arishem the judge. Mm-hmm. And was that from the early Aaron issues of Avengers? Yes, that's this. That's where he fell when the Dark Celestials came, and that's where Arishem was was briefly dead. Gotcha, gotcha. And the thumb of Arishem is a big deal because he's the thumbs up, thumb down, you know, judging guy. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to have any part of Arishem, the thumbprints, the yeah, big yeah. one. Yeah. The next panel is uh, we've got Mister Sinister and two little. Teenage sinisters? I don't, I don't like that. That's, that's unsettling. And I, I guess again, back in that first three issues of Uncanny Volume Two, we had everybody in San Francisco turned into sinisters. So this seems again kind of related to that. And yeah, he's back in San Francisco and he gets something from the dreaming sinister, some debris from that. And it says a shattered fragment of the heart of a dream. Mm hmm. Okay, what is that? I don't know. It's a little glowy ball. I'm sure it's important. <laughs> nice little nebulous trinket. Next panel, we have Makari, or possibly Makari. I'm going to say that both ways every time. Sure. She goes off to, I guess this is Asgard, because she's visiting the Destroyer armor, which at one point had been used as an anti-celestial weapon. And I guess still embedded in its hand is a little little fragment of the power of a celestial. Yeah, and this is a blue fragment instead of a red one. So we got right. They're not power. right. These aren't uh, the stones or gems. These are just no. bits of uh, celestial stuff. Next panel, we're down in uh, who are we? Oh, we're, we're in uh, Lemuria, where the this is, deep yeah, new Lemuria or whatever. And so we get this is where Fasto starts putting the pieces together, and also this is an addition from the deviants themselves. So they do a mm-hmm. séance. Talking to, I guess, all the many, many thousands, probably millions of deviants who were killed by celestials. Mm-hmm. So we're we're told like it's not all, you know, uh, it's we got some snips and snails and puppy dog tails going on here. We've got the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Part of being a celestial is this destructive nature that they've done. So this is where they're gathering kind of that essence from. We don't see any little glowy bits here, but it's it's in there somewhere. Yeah, and, and this is Cersei uh, heading to uh, Lemuria, right? Yeah, Cersei was freed. And we actually get to see Icarus and Sprite, and uh, we haven't seen them really play uh, much of a role just yet. And I, that's a little surprising, but I'm, I'm sure we'll see more of them. Yeah, I mean, and they're in Lemuria, which is last time, that's where we saw them hanging out. So they're in the right spot for that. Mm-hmm. But apparently they've been told by the God-making team what's up, or at least, at least they're watching over it. In some way, yeah. Our next panel, we have, uh, who is this? Makari and Sinister and Tony. And they're talking about what the next scripture should be. Like, what, what do we want this God to do? We want it to be better, which just the whole idea, let's, let's make a God, but this time we'll make it better is kind of a crazy thing to do. But, you know, they're Eternals and they're Tony Stark and they're Mr. Freaking Sinister. So it's certainly in their character. Could you imagine Mr. Sinister in charge of making a God? (laughs) <laughs> They're trying to be very careful to only, again, just like Krakoa, they need him because of the genetic material he has and his knowledge. So they don't want him running things, but it's one of those inside the tent versus outside the tent statements where they kind of need him around. Mm-hmm. And in the final panelist page, we see who's being used as the model of the nervous system for this new god. And I don't see any problems at all with this choice. Do you, Chris? Any 
Oh. Any possible foreshadowing of, of issues here? Someone without a heart. Um, and uh, at least he, he's modeling his new underwear, which is uh, which is good here. We have a, an underwear model as, as a new god. Uh, it's Tony, of course. Uh, he's uh, out of his armor, and they're using his uh, his bio mechanics as the uh, the nervous system here. Yeah, they, they point out that he's recently been uh, possessed by the power cosmic. That's been over, That's over in, in his Cantwell. current solo book, Cantwell, mm-hmm. yep. And he piloted a dead celestial when the King in Black was here, which was, of course, in the King in Black issues. And he even right there, again, I, I appreciate that Kieran Gillen says out loud some of the things we're thinking. And Tony says, oh, just just like uh, I'm the, the father, right? Like, like, like Hank and Ultron. Just lampshading mm-hmm. the idea that, yeah, everybody knows this could go this horribly, go well. yeah. horribly wrong. <laughs> Back to Krakoa, though. Uh, we've got the mutants fighting the Eternals, I mean, the, uh, the Hex again, and we're finally gonna, we're gonna end this battle. At least this leg of the battle here. Exodus is going to go full Exodus Supernova. Um, they, there is a weak point in which, which one is this? This, this is a sign, sign the Mimator. Sign the Mimator. Which, uh, that really, doesn't that sound like the, the username of the worst person on Twitter? It's a sign there. the Mimator. If, if you, if you ran it like a 13 year old to call himself that, you would, you would lock him in his room and, until he, you know, turned 25. Yeah. But here it's this big, you know, cosmic centaur looking thing. And all the attacks they've done on him have opened up some kind of a crack in its armor. Yeah. Enough that some of its thoughts are leaking out. So the X-Men here, or at least the psychic ones of them, are picking up that it's the name is Sign, that it's a she, and that they're all the six of them are all sisters. Mm-hmm. And that they're alive, they're not just robots, and they're healing each other. Yeah. So Exodus finds the idea that there's a crack in the armor is a really good sign. And he tries to he kind of gets in and he uses all his supreme telekinetic potency to basically blow the both of them up, yeah. right? The hex, that one hex is dead, and Exodus is dead too. But, you know, hey, we're on Krakoa. We'll be back. They think this is a perfectly good good uh, trade-off. Sure, sure. Now, and we see that uh, they get right to work here on bringing back dead mutants here. We see Cable's been brought back already. Of course, Exodus has as well. Um, a couple of generic characters are, are here too, unless they're... They're obvious to, people. That to I me, it, it looks like Psylocke and Wolverine. Did they die in the battle here of of the Hex? I thought, I thought that was either Wolverine or Sebastian Shaw. I couldn't tell which. But uh, maybe it's in the background. In the it, it looks. I, yeah, I don't think Sebastian Shaw has those abs, but uh, who knows? He's in the background. I, I, I think we're, we're being told that that some big character. I mean, it makes sense. We have this huge battle that yeah, some name characters would die. So we see that come those two. Those, few come back, and then we see over in the machine, I guess is in, in the exclusion, one of those weird in-between-the-molecules dimensions that the Eternals have. And just like we saw those kind of industrial coffin-type shapes bring back like Icarus or the other characters, we see the same thing happen with Sign the Mimator. Comes back right Which away. again, the scale, I don't, it's, I think it's intentionally M.C. Escher scale dimension confusing. Sure. Yeah, I don't so, think it's supposed to be like like a literal physical thing we can like feel and touch and kind of judge on on the on like a, the face of it, but uh, it's very strange. But yeah, so the they're they're back. back, and the thing is, the Eternals, like we said, they only need the machine to exist to come back. 
they don't need any other Eternals. All the Eternals could be wiped out mm-hmm. and they would all come back. Whereas mm-hmm. Mutant Resurrection is much more fragile. Yes, they have some, they have the five and they have some people who could be substitutes for the five, but to a very limited point of view. If they're all wiped out, they're all wiped out. One deal. So when we turn the page, we get our civilians again, arranged in the same order as before. Most still doing their very mundane lives, kind of thinking about what's going on, but, you know, going on with their breakfasts and their jobs and their, their tweetings. Well, five out of the six do that because Arjun, uh, we just got to know him in this book and he seems to be done because he was the sacrifice needed to bring back Sign the Mimator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every Eternal, when they die and come back, it costs one human life. And uh, Sign is uh, signed with uh, our friend Arjun. Which is interesting that even though it's a Sign is a huge skyscraper-sized creature, it's still one human, one Eternal. Human, yeah. So we have six Hex and we have six civilians. So are these going to be tied to the Hex? Are these just the next six who are going to die for whatever Eternals die need to be resurrected? It's a good question. We're not told, but the implication is very much hanging out there. Sure. Yeah, it's very telling that we get the six and the six, and but we'll see. Of course, we'll see. Right. Six also just is a nice number to fit on a comic page, right? You can do the three and the three. It's if true. seven, who, how would you draw seven yeah, panels yeah. on a page? Well, right. So six is yeah. a good number. And then you go up to nine or 12, and that's probably too many. So yeah. and we six just kind of, well, six just kind of works as a number. For sure. Uh, for sure. And so now we cut back to the, the God building team and Fasto is hammering things together with his, you know, very delicate science hammer that we met over in Eternals. I like to see that call back. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's they're just about done. We're ready for, for liftoff here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Mr. Sinister, we're told, did not get to add in any of the, the thoughts to the celestial. Yeah. They kept yeah, him, at least as far as they, they as far as they know, kept him away from it, which is which is good. He wants to push the on button at least. He wants to have a part in this. <laughs> and they say, Well, no, we hate you. You're gross. You don't get to be the one to turn, you know, to hit the power button on God. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, and he he does this. I really like the the, uh, sinister characterization here where he's really playing the, oh, I'm a mutant. I feel bad for my people dying, but I'm sinister, and I think you're all bugs beneath my feet. And he's he's doing a good job of playing it both ways and not letting on if he's sincere about anything, which he probably isn't. He has some motivation, but he's not going to let us know what it is. Certainly not. Certainly not. And here we are back on Krakoa for, I think, maybe one more time. So Uh, so they think they have the upper hand because they took out one of these six giant creatures attacking them. And, you know, now the numbers of the opponents are down. They can bring back their big hitters, no problem. So they think, okay, we're the tide has turned. But then Sign comes back out of a big old hexagon in the sky. And uh uh-oh. And I'm not, what, what is happening here on this page where they say it's not attacking the island? Because I don't get it. Yeah, it's just there, kinda. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's evaluating. Maybe it's, uh, trying to figure out where the weak point in the island is or the, uh, the target of the island. Or maybe it's trying to just splash up a big old tidal wave to swamp the island. It's hard to tell, but whatever it is, it's real, real bad. 
like the uh, the mutants say, it seems to be just about over. We see Kurt holding on to destiny and you know praying to God. Uh, one of the and that they they made sure to say here is when Exodus comes back to life, he came back from his previous backup, and he was filled in on everything that happened in the meantime. Right. With the hex here, the hex came back knowing everything that happened. The hex didn't need to be backed up, so the hex might know something that. The, the dead mutants who came back wouldn't. So maybe that's true. Know, maybe just and to- also we didn't. I guess I didn't mention it, but right before Sign the Mimator died, one thought escaped, and I think only Exodus picked up on it, which was, "Please don't." Yeah, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. a funny little thing because we see these as you know giant, nigh unstoppable killing machines mm-hmm. without who, any feeling or emotion. without any feeling or emotion or humanity. Well, they don't have humanity, but sure. you know. What we would call Rel- humanity. Relatively speaking, of course. But, you know, a crack opens up in the armor, both, you know, physically and I guess mentally and emotionally Emotional, there. So yeah. that's, we're being let, let on that, oh, these are living creatures who have these, you know, they don't want to die even though they're going to be resurrected. Sure. Sure. Which we don't know exactly what that means, but it, it, a lot to think about between yeah. issues here. They might not either. So it's a, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff here. And I, I, this is where I thought, you know, maybe we were going to make a make a change here in the status quo of the X Men because uh, this looks dire. You know, it how does. to get out of this? You're, you, Gillen has kind of written himself into a corner here. It's like you need something really, mm-hmm. really big to take away this threat. And when we turn, the and page, we're going to get we've really, seen really big we've thing. seen him willing to over on Araco just change the status quo there in a major way because we haven't checked back in <clears throat> with numbers, but. Lots and lots of Iraqi mutants are just gone. We talked about how, how, what are they going to do with all these millions of Iraqi mutants? Well, most of them seem to be off the board. Is he willing to change up the status to get rid of Krakoa here? And we turn the page, we find out maybe not quite not yet. yet. Because we're told with our red, red uh, narration boxes, a god is coming. I live, therefore I judge. And we see, we didn't see the celestial come back to life. Maybe that'll happen in a tie-in issue. But here we see this new celestial god who I don't think has a name yet, unfortunately. So we're just going to call it the new celestial god who just speaks cease and not even in a a word bubble, just speaking it like it's a sound effect. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And once this uh, celestial god says cease, all the hex obey. They say... As the principles demand, and remember, those are the principles, are to protect the celestials, mm-hmm. to uh, correct excess deviation, and I'm missing one, but protect the machine, yes. Yeah. So if a celestial who was, you know, their big boss, their creator says, cease, they got to cease. So mm-hmm. we see that this celestial is different, but not so different to get rid of that authority. Which is good because if they brought it back so different that all the the Eternals said, "Oh, you're not our you're not one of our Eternals. You, you're yeah. you're not my real dad. I don't have to listen to you." Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a, a different kind of a problem. But sure. we don't have that problem. We do have a problem though, because we have for the third time, and I kind of enjoy this. You know, the the rule of three. You know, the first time it happens, the second time it happens, and there's a punchline. It happens mm-hmm. a third time. We get someone else making an announcement to all the people of Earth. Yep. But this time, it is the new celestial god, and he says, listen, and I think my echo is probably helping me out here, so <laughs> pretend I'm the celestial saying this. People of Earth, listen, you are bickering children. This planet is ruined. 
Okay, a little little heavy-handed there. You have acted with unrelenting, unrelenting unkindness to one another. Okay, he's got us there. You leave me no option. This is your judgment day. Hey, that's the name of the book. Hey, he says, he said the book, you know, Leo pointing meme. You have 24 hours to justify yourselves. You will be judged individually. You will be judged as a collective. If there is more that is just than wicked, you will live. But if you are found lacking, there will be no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or I suppose no day after tomorrow, but sure, let's not get picky here. Yeah. 48. So, 48 hours, right. So then we're told, and again, just back to narration boxes, not part of this announcement. See, you are all important, every single one of you. So I guess that's what Judgment Day is. Mm-hmm. It all comes together. I do love how uh, he's there with his, you know, he's got the sideways thumb, and we can see the thumbprint of what's his face uh, on the thumb there, right? Or Arashem, I believe, Arashem the judge. But um, pretty interesting here. Uh, you needed something big to, uh, like, it looked like Krakoa was going down. You needed something big to make it seem natural for the fighting to stop, without it seeming yes. like they're just a uh, just stopping fighting. <laughs> here you go. Because the, the mutants seem totally outclassed here. Oh, yes, they managed no. to bring one down, but the cost of bringing that one back seemed, well, it was one human life, which is well, basically nothing from the point of view of the machine. Absolutely. And it seemed as though, like, Gene and Nightcrawler, they were giving up. They were just, they were, you know, holding onto their asses and getting ready to venture into the uh, great beyond. Uh, they, yeah, they were worn out. They seemed re- just totally resigned to their fate. So yeah, it makes you wonder, did they have a next move? I mean, would they start, well, we had one copy of Exodus. Maybe we'll make, we'll break that whole rule about make sure he's dead. Let's just make, he's going to die anyway. Let's yeah. make five of them, make a hundred. <laughs> you know, maybe that'll work. That, which would have been an interesting way to go, but maybe not in this series, perhaps. True. Uh, yeah, so we had to have something big to say, okay, this is what's going to stop those unstoppable hex. Mm-hmm. And here he is. He's oh, uh, our unnamed celestial god. And he has an interesting look to him. He has almost a Krakoan look to him, which is there, odd. There is like, it's, a, it's a mixture of the, the Lovecraftian, the technological, the biological, the plant. It's Yeah, he has kind of a, a Groot-looking leg. Yeah, and like he his has, arm looks like it's covered in like tumors, like from his yeah, almost his shoulder. It's it looks crazy. kind of like what happened to Thanos at the end of the Eternals, the Eternals. miniseries mm-hmm. or Max, whatever series whatever that was. It was. Yeah, yeah. The so yeah, he's a celestial, but he's also visually distinct from the celestial, which I think is a nice a nice touch. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like you can if you look at it quick, it could almost be Apocalypse, it could almost be Thanos, it could almost be Uranus. <laughs> it's a very, sure. very weird design. Got but some nice striking, some nice Kirby dot kind of thing going on behind it, both in light yeah. and dark. Got to have the Kirby crackle. So yeah, that gives us a lot to think about. Absolutely. So, what did what, oh, you have any big picture reaction to this issue? You know, there's a lot of ways they can go here. Um, you know, the safe way and the probably the uh, the safest theory would just be that the Avengers, the X Men, and the Eternals are going to have to team up, which is kind of how most Marvel uh, events go, which is fine. You know, there's you know, it ain't broken, so don't worry about fixing it. But you think about. If the mutants, if they wanted to go like full blown, you know, um, high concept with the X-Men here and they mm-hmm. see the Eternals, they get to the bottom of the Eternals resurrection. You know, if they can figure it all out, 
okay, every time an Eternal dies, a human is sacrificed so the Eternal can come back. Do we get like an Exodus saying, we need to kill every human? I mean, because if they kill every human, the Eternals can't come back. Hmm, okay. We get like an extreme view, like an, like, a, like an Exodus or a Magneto or Hell Apocalypse coming back or Sinister, you know, just digging into, well, that's our, that's how we fix things. We have to get rid of every human. I don't see them doing that, but it's interesting. <laughs> hmm. And uh, so I think maybe what a lot of our tie-ins could be is this judgment thing, right? We look at these characters and here's how they're being judged and this character here's how they're being judged mm -hmm. but that kind of raised the question what what is the basis for judgment here right like philosophers okay. theologians argue for thousands of years over what is what is the what good is what is the right moral yeah so he's actually going to come in and say you get you know a 7.3 you get a negative mm -hmm. six how is that going to work who what basis is this i mean you get a thumbs up this, you get a gold star you get a check plus if we get one really horrible person, does that count to overweigh 12 kind of okay people? Or is it just mm -hmm. sheep and goats and you count them up? I don't know. Is this just Tony Stark's conception of what the good is, which is pretty horrific to think about? Because who wants Tony, Tony Stark judging the world? <laughs> that is true. The, the interesting thing here is since so much of the Eternal stuff is based in like the binary and the, the, the computerized coding sort of thing, here, yes. we could actually get scores. We could get uh, sure, some, yeah. sort of, uh, some sort of uh, aggregation of the good. We just don't know what the definition of it is. We could get a whole data page or a whole issue that's just a spreadsheet, right? Just a, spreadsheet. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a uh, <laughs> computer readout. Which I don't know that I'd want to pay four ninety nine for that spreadsheet, but it could happen. Six ninety nine, right? Of course, sorry. <laughs> <Okay. Events. laughs> uh, another thing is, well, I, I guess the Avengers are going to need a new headquarters. Because <laughs> their, their HQ is up and walking around. And I guess the two ways to go is that, okay, we're done with the Avengers mountain version of the Avengers. Sure. Or at the end, he's, uh, is going to walk back to Antarctica and die again. Just and they're down. just going to go back to the, that status quo, which would be weird. So let's hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that. <clears throat> right Unless now, riding it around like Power Rangers. Like, like, <laughs> There's already there's already like three series about Avengers in mech armor, so we don't need another one. Ew. Yeah, you're right. Uh, right now in the Avengers book, they're traveling through time, gathering other versions of themselves to fight against. Well, it's it's nonsense. Don't worry about that. But right now in their book, they're kind of off the scene. Okay. So this is not going to tie into what's happening right now in Avengers. So there's some room for some strange things to happen with Avengers Mountain, sure. and eventually, I'm sure it'll it'll tie back into that book. Probably. So let's see. What else do we have going on? Oh, back in uh, Avengers 54, we saw a Deathlock kind of merge with the dead with Celestial. The yeah. And I thought, oh, that's going to be how this god comes about. But it looks like maybe that idea has been dropped. Or yeah, maybe wow. it, it doesn't seem like it would work for this story to have that come up and like, you know, judgment strong. Day number four, it would seem very out of left field because yeah. a lot of people won't have read that. And we're not getting any hints of that. So maybe maybe that was always a red herring. Maybe there was a change in direction. Or maybe they just maybe they just hope we all forget about that. But I could have sworn that that Deathlock was about to bring back the uh, Avengers Mountain all by himself. Because that was like the last page thing, right? It was like a it was a cliffhanger. And that yes, it was. Yeah. Because it looked, he was trying to merge with the celestial because they were being attacked by the 
multiversal masters of evil. Oh. Uh, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And we thought he had failed. But in that last page, the eyes glowed. The eye light lit up. Yeah. So we, something happened, but maybe it just then faded out or maybe this overwrote whatever the death lock was doing. Could be. Who knows? I, I, I think we're probably not supposed to think about that. Probably not. Maybe that was a multiversal, uh, dead celestial. <laughs> Who knows? So, yeah, uh, any other big reactions to what's going on here, or should we start talking about the future? I, I just thought this was a really good. Um, sometimes you need a fight scene. You know, sometimes you just need that to establish the threat here. I do still feel like the Avengers are kind of just here to help judge the, uh, the sales, because they're really not mm-hmm. doing much yet. Of course, we have Skate 800 tie-ins ahead of us, so who knows yeah. what's going to happen. So, but. the Avengers are, well, they, they need to have the Avengers in there because if this was happening, the Avengers would show up. Would have right? to get it would, We'd have to say, oh, they're all off-planet. That would be, that would be a lame excuse. So, we can't have that. Uh, we are using their headquarters to build a new god. Sure. So, that's Absolutely. their biggest tie-in so far. You know, Tony Stark is a big part of that. He's, yeah, he's the central nervous <clears throat> system of the deal here. I, I, was, I just covered the uh, free comic book day one on, on X-Lapsed. And that whole thing just read like, okay, here's a big fight between the Eternals and the X-Men and uh, well, the Avengers. Are, we, we need them to, uh, to make sure they're the first letter in this crossover. So people <laughs> Yeah, we don't want to call it the Z event yeah. or the CEX event that brings up unpleasant connotations with mm-hmm. you know pharmaceuticals and we don't want we don't want people making those jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh no one would make a podcast making that joke, so that's good. Certainly. So that's where we are. So our next phase seems to be this judgment idea, which or another thing I want to mention, not so long ago over in DC, as part of I think a spin-off of the the metal event. There was a bit where it was tied in with the whole crisis type thing and the world forger and all that nonsense. There was going to be a judgment on Earth. And yeah. this was, that's a judgment than a vote. People were going to have to like psychically vote for either justice or doom. And as it turned out there, doom won, but then other weird stuff happened to cancel out. But that reminds me a lot of, you know, the whole world's being judged here as, you know, wicked or good. Or, or just versus wicked, which is a kind of a lot like that, uh, DC thing. So I'm wondering if there's any more <clears throat> resonance there. I wonder. I wonder. And I'm checking out the, the comic list for this coming week here. And, uh, yeah, it looks like all three of our books are still scheduled to come out. So, um, that's good. It's a, it's kind of like three and a half books because there is the Avengers Skate 800 DC. Number one, I don't know if that'll tie into anything. Or oh, anything that is that. going to be. They've been teasing who was Thor's real mom for a long time now. Okay, right? Is his mom really? Uh, Hera? The, Hera? Yeah, the, or the Hera, Hera? Not Hera. The, yeah, the uh, Asgardian goddess, you oh. know, Odin's wife, or is his real mom the Phoenix? Okay. And in various books, he's been shown to kind of dig deep and pull out powers that his mother gave him. And in one book, it was the powers of his Asgardian mother. And in another parallel book by a different writer, it was Phoenix powers he somehow had. So how are they going to resolve this? Is it somehow going to be some big, all three of them are parents? I don't know. But that's what's going on in that BC Avengers book, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <clears throat> another kind of tie we had was over in Amazing Spider-Man, 
we saw MJ getting ready to go to the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. So that book's a little bit behind. I don't think that book's been delayed because that book's come out like every two weeks ever since we had been, the, uh, the Zeb Wells reboot. It was delayed from number one. Okay. Because uh, it was supposed to be uh, bi-weekly, I believe. And I think we only got one issue the first month and one issue the second month. It got kind of staggered. Okay. Yeah, so that tie-in's yeah, that tie-in is going to come out in the next issue of ASM is at the tie-in, but after that is the Gala tie-in, and the issue after that is the Axe tie-in. And that's so, going to be uh, September, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number ten. Yes. So that's what's going on in that side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So going forward, next week we have X Force number thirty and X Men number thirteen. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not sure what point of the timeline those are going to hit. Are we going to see some of this judgment stuff going on? Are we, is it going to take place at the same time as this issue? I hope we don't see this attack from the hex yet again, because I think we've seen it enough times. Well, I'm guessing in X Force, we might have a, if that is Wolverine who came back to life, we're going to see Wolverine die. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's a a possibility. Scene from another angle. Yeah, which uh, I guess that could be interesting, but I, I can't see how. But maybe Ben Percy will uh, surprise us on that. Oh, but we'll find out about. Good thing that's not not the only issue coming out next week because it would be like a five second episode. It's like they fought. Yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll give those two issues. We'll certainly talk about them next week, but we'll give them as much time as really they deserve. If it's just yeah, it's the same thing again. We'll spend two minutes on it and move on. But yeah. what we think will be the big issue next week is the. AXE Death to the Mutants number one, mm-hmm. which is that's that's a Kieran Gillen book as well, isn't it? I believe so. I so I don't know exactly. I've, I've been trying to avoid all spoilers, all solicits, even all covers. So I don't really know what's coming up, but it is written by our head of Axe himself. So I'm not, I don't know if this is going to be the world turning against the mutants, if this is going to be about the judgment. I really have no idea, but it seems like it could be pretty big. So I'm looking forward to that. It could, you know, I'm thinking it might, maybe it's a uh, continuation of the Eternals series where we're getting to maybe to the bottom of the Eternals point of view on the mutants here, which we kind of know already, but maybe it'll be a, a fully fleshed out. Maybe we'll see the genesis of the hex. Uh, who knows if it's going to happen in real time or if it's going to go back a little bit. I guess we'll know uh, pretty soon. Yeah. In fact, uh, you and I will know quite soon because those previews should be out any time now. But the rest of you will find out on Wednesday. Uh, so before we go, I have a little bit of recommended reading. I've done this a little bit when we're doing our, our big catch-up stuff. But today I want to recommend for folks who want to kind of see some background informing how some of these characters act in the past, some events that affect this. Uh, the first recommended reading is, as I mentioned earlier, Uncanny X-Men Volume 2, Issues 1, 2, and 3. So these came out. End of 2011, beginning of 2012. This was Kieran Gillen. I think his first actual X-Men related ongoing. So you could kind of see how he was viewing the X-Men back then. And this also sets up Mr. Sinister messing about with the Dreaming Celestial. Yes, in San Francisco. And I'm not sure if this was the beginning of the current sassy sinister kind of characterization. But you, you kind of see the genesis of where he starts to act like that, which is fun. Uh, and the second part of my recommended reading, a little different, I'm going to recommend the book of Genesis. And by this, I mean the, the actual book of the Bible, not the mutants, not the one over off with Apocalypse somewhere, but <clears throat> Genesis chapter 18, verses 20 to 33. That's my recommended reading for you, 
which I think has some real resonance with this whole judgment thing with uh, our new unnamed celestial God looking at the world and judging just versus wicked. And, you know, this is a theme that's come up before in, you know, history of the world, history of, of, of thought. And so I think perhaps that book of Genesis view of it could be interesting to look at. Absolutely. Anything you would like to add for recommended reading? No, no. Um, I, I do hope that uh, I, I mentioned this off the air here, but uh, the wickedness. I hope that this just winds up with being the Marvel universe minus social media. Let's. Uh, I mean, that that girl who's tweeting all the time. There, there's some wickedness right there. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, you get Mark. You get in the bad column. That lady. Yeah, you, she can. She can. She's going to get negative five on the, uh, on the binary <laughs> score. Or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um. This was uh business picked up. And usually we have to wait quite a bit longer for, for that to happen. Um, it does make me, well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very cynical guy. So it's like we're, we're getting this big, big play so early here. I'm looking at the checklist and we're only five issues in and we have like 20 something to go. Yeah. We're, we're like 20% of the way through the event by page count. It's, it's, we got a lot of stuff out of us. So I don't know how they're going to keep the, keep it at this kind of pace. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of, a lot of that side stuff that we might not be totally interested in. Yeah. We talked last time about it felt like an act was ending and a new act was starting up. I think this act could linger for a while. I think so. This, this could, this could spin on a bit and we could be saying, okay, let's get on with it. But who knows? Maybe they're all, maybe they're all winners. Maybe they're all bangers. Cause we do have we will. like all the outside tie-ins here that are scheduled at the end of September and early October. So it's like we have the Avengers issue. We also have AXE Avengers, number one. We have two Avengers issues in a row. Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Star Fox, Iron Fist, Captain Marvel, another Fantastic Four. I wonder if that's going to be like, you know, the Avengers just left to go take care of some crises. If that's going to be more of that or just more reactions, more man on the street. I guess we'll find out. And uh, I guess we shall. Yeah. Okay, I think that wraps us up for here. So, Chris, r remind everybody where we're going to hear even more about all of these Krakoa-era X-Books, the new ones and the slightly less new, less new ones. Absolutely. Uh, over at chrisandreggie.podbean.com, you can check out X-Lapsed. I uh, just recently put out, as of this episode, the newest episode is the free comic book day issue that uh, kicked off for prologue this event. And um, I actually had to reluctantly tip my hat to Marvel and DC for paying attention to Free Comic Book Day as the opportunity that it actually is. I am usually very, very down on Free Comic Book Day. Um, in my neck of the woods, some of the comic shop owners refer to it as pretend to care about comics day. Not to be not to be confused with pretend, prepare, pre pretend to care about comic book week that happens in San Diego every year. But uh, it's usually garbage. Usually Marvel and DC put out thrice out of continuity garbage. With like Harley Quinn on the cover, it's like you realize that that you know you're, you're not winning anything there. You're, you're yeah, there was some good Harley. stuff this year. I'm this I'm year curious to see that. Uh, it's the team up between the Goblin Queen and who is she working with in that that little preview? Oh, I I know I read it the other day. I can't remember. But yes, it's a weird thing coming up in Spray. I think that's going to be part of the the Ben oh, the Ben Riley. The chasm. Right. So that's going to be when Ben Riley comes back, which I wasn't thrilled with the idea of chasm, but he's teaming up with the, 
some interesting characters. So we'll see where that comes from. Yeah, it could be fun. So okay. I, I definitely had to tip my hat to Marvel and DC for actually putting out something that rewarded loyalty of people who actually spend money on in comic stores and don't just go there once a year. So, yeah, sometimes sometimes we do get nice things, so that's good. And that's all we have to say from here. So check out Chris over on, on his show. Check out uh, – I'll be doing the usual Marvel Weekly show with Jim again this week, as always, probably still from this echoey room in Florida. So that'll be fun for all of us, and we will see you all next time. See you.